There's a problem in farm country and one you may not see, yet it's getting worse. It's the flood of counterfeit pills flooding city and country. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. Here at Around Farm Progress, we've dealt with a range of issues, but a recent call from the Drug Enforcement Administration was a surprise. They have a message to get out, and we felt it valuable enough to share with our listeners. Counterfeit pills. Justin King, special agent in charge for DEA in the Omaha-Nebraska field office, shares insight on those counterfeit pills that look like prescription Oxycontin, but can contain deadly levels of fentanyl. They're flooding the country, as he outlines. He also shares insight on what to do if you know someone that's dealing with addiction. Well, Justin King, special agent in charge with the Drug Enforcement Administration, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Thank you. It's nice to be here. So this is a little different interview than I normally do. So it's kind of interesting to have a government official at your level speaking to me today. You're out of the Omaha field office, right? I am. I am. I'm the uh, special agent in charge of the Omaha field division for the Drug Enforcement Administration. So we're talking today about something that was basically truly under my radar. Fake fentanyl pills or fake fentanyl being distributed through pills, counterfeit pills that look pretty darn close to Oxy or something else I might actually get at the pharmacy. When? How did this evolve? Where did this all come from? Um, well, first thing is, uh, I think you said uh, fake fentanyl. It's, it's fake pills, but it's pure oh. fentanyl. It, it is, and I think it's important for people to understand that. And it's also important people understand that fentanyl, you know, was, uh, you know, a synthetic opioid that was developed for surgeries in the late 50s, early 60s. And um, we've seen um, the evolution from people taking pills that they got doctor shopping or you know people got addicted to pain pills to the drug trafficking organizations really being able to produce these counterfeit pills and these counterfeit pills are made like you said to look just like an oxycontin or a adderall percocet you know it's a drug but they're made to look just like that but they have inside them a binding agent some other things but primarily they're going to have fentanyl in them are a derivative of fentanyl. There's multiple different types of uh, mm-hmm. analogs of that. And so what we're seeing is, you know, flood the market, get those out there, um, and use whatever means necessary, social media, other ways to get people to, to advertise and to, to do these sales and to, um, you know, make money because that's what the drug trafficking organization wants to do. It's interesting, though, when you talk about this, real <clears throat> fentanyl in pills, this is a powerful drug. I believe the program or the, the campaign that DEA is using is one pill can kill. Talk yes. to me about that. These are not measured because fentanyl is a legal opioid to be that can be prescribed, right? But yes. this yeah. this is nowhere near that. This is superpower, right? It is it is extremely powerful. And what we're seeing is, you know, the numbers are are staggering. But what I can tell you is that, you know, we're seeing that four out of every ten pills that we test that seized pills has what is a lethal dose, uh, can be a lethal dose in it. And so when you put that into, um, you know, what people see, you know, it's just where we say one pill can kill. There's just one pill somebody could take 
And <clears throat> I think it's important, something that you said, it, that this isn't made like in a manufactured, you know, our controlled system of distribution for drugs. This is made in a lab, a clandestine lab where the, you know, it, one pill we may see have a lot more fentanyl in it. One pill not, might not have as much. So there's a lot of variances in that. And so people are really, really playing with their life with just taking these pills and they don't know they're made to look just like a pill that somebody would get prescribed out of a pharmacy. So if I have a problem and I need to get me need to be treated, how do I avoid getting, frankly, this crap? <laughs> how do I avoid this, Justin? Well, when you, if you, if somebody is an addicted person, um, you know, we're always encouraging, you know, them to seek treatment and, and you try everything they can. And we know the recidivism rate for people who are addicted to opioids is, is it's a very hard drug to get off of anytime somebody's addicted to any type of an opioid. Um, but what we encourage people to do, you know, is you have to do this as a, you can't do it alone. You have to have a, a support system around you and seeking treatment and that's the first step and then look in those avenues to help and it's got to be a holistic approach it's got to be family the person it's got to be um you know their medical provider there are things that people can do to help them with that interestingly when we talk about this sometimes we think about fentanyl and these um counterfeit pills this is a city problem justin we got no trouble in the country right well, um, as a uh, I, I grew up in Southwest Oklahoma in a town of 350 people, and I was a, you know, I'm a farm kid, and I can tell you that all the problems that we have in the big city always make it out to the rural communities pretty quick and a lot faster now with the world the way it is. The world has changed; it's so much more connected, and we, you know, things move a lot different, you know. And you just take um, if you think about a farming community. You know, we still, if you live on a farm in rural uh, Iowa or Nebraska, you know, you still can get Amazon delivered. You can still get, you know, your, um, you know, you can still get all the produce that they get in the big city and everything. Well, a drug trafficking organization sees a market there. And plus, they exploit that a lot of times because there may not be as much law enforcement presence. There may not be as many uh, assets that the government, state, local, or even the federal government can put there, and maybe not as much. So they're really, really try to exploit that. And uh, I think it's important, um, like I said, as a farm kid, I, I understand that, you know, that's you know, that is the backbone of our country, you know, our agriculture industry and our, you know, what we call the flyover states, you know, they're, they're not just the flyover states, they are the breadbasket states. And what a farmer does, you know, it's affected so much. And if you, um, you know, if you even think about how farming's evolved in the last 50, 60 years, you know, the technology and the, you know, the things we do, and we do more with less, but you have to be pretty smart to operate equipment nowadays as a farmer. You got to be pretty smart to stay up with things and stuff. And we really, really um, are concerned because, you know, we still have to have people drive a tractor, drive a truck. We have to have people do those things. And we sure don't want somebody addicted to a drug that's not all there when it's, it's not a very safe environment anyway. You know, there's a lot of accidents happen on a farm. So let's talk about this for a minute. I think when I was talking to one of your colleagues, uh, there are some interesting numbers. So how many pills are you confiscating? Say, how much have you confiscated in Nebraska in 2021 or 2022 uh, so far? You know, um, the numbers are staggering. I, you know, I put my glasses on to, to look at some of these numbers. But, you know, last year we in Nebraska, for example, we, we were about 82, 83,000 pills that we seized. 
And um, we're almost to that number in the first three months of this year. And so, you know, across our division, we we were at about 377,000 last year. We are over half of that in the first three months of this year. So that just shows you the, the, the how many more pills are being pushed into the country. And I, I think there's a there's a couple of things driving that. First off is, like I said, they're making they can make a lot of money. They, the product doesn't cost as much to produce. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like that, we saw happen with uh, methamphetamine and cocaine years ago. Um, whenever they see a drug trafficking organization sees a market, they will flood that and try to get more people using that product. They're willing to front load all that to get more in, and and because the more people that use it, the, the more. And I think what you see is the growth of that. It just kind of is like circles, uh, ripples in a pond. It'll start in the bigger cities and things, but then it will move to that rural community really quickly. And as the ripples get smaller, it still gets out there, you know, and it still grows. So you have to kind of see that's their model and that's what they want to do. So is it a challenge though? And this is probably an odd question, but if I know I've got a relative that for some reason is I suspect is hooked on on oxy or something, right. and that means they're probably hitting the counterfeit market. How do I? Do you have recommendations for dealing with that one on one? Is it? I mean, you know, we don't want to rat out our cousins, but the other side of it is we want them to live. How do we deal with that? It's a it's it's a challenge, and I think that one thing that um, we see that it's hard to find anybody that hasn't been affected by drug addiction at this point or substance abuse, um, and so. You know, one of the things I always tell people is it doesn't the situation is not going to improve unless it's addressed. And but the stigma of people that are addicted is is not the way it used. We need to have a different approach. Somebody has something that we have to try to get them off of because it's not going to get better. I've, I've seen this so many times that it just continues to get worse and worse. And it's like you talk to many people and say, I just kept trying. I kept trying. And I don't know how many people I've talked to that have gotten out of addiction that the, they always had that one or two people that they said never gave up on them. And they have to have that encouragement. But the other thing I think we've really learned the last few years is that people need to feel like they have a purpose and they have hope and they have a, a, an avenue forward. And I think that we're really seeing that is all these people that are addicted when they tell you the hardest part is getting through those difficult times and not having something to look forward to. And so there has to be a, you know, a work to try to help them get to a point where they see that life is more valuable. It's, it's so valuable even without the addiction because opioid addiction is very, very difficult on people. Yeah. They physically become sick when they can't have their uh, op- opiate. And so there's that part that even makes it more challenging for them. Well, then we layer on this counterfeit problem where yes. there may be high powered fentanyl in there. And if they're addicted, they may be on a death track and not even know it. That is true. And, you know, we see with alcoholism or any type of drug use, yeah. people build up a little bit of a tolerance. And we do see a lot of people who come out of uh, rehabilitation and things where their tolerances come back down and they may be back and thinking they can um, use a drug that they used to use or something. And they're just, like I said, this one pill can kill. And we, we do see a lot of that. And and it is a challenge for us, uh, for people to understand. And I could tell you horror stories about people who thought their kid came out of rehab and, you know, two days later they, they overdosed and passed away or something. Yeah. That's the only problem with this. There's a lot of horror stories out there. Well, Justin King, I appreciate your time in explaining this challenge, uh, which as you noted is a challenge in the country as well as the city. 
so we'll keep our we want everybody to keep aware if they know somebody's got an issue um, to reach out to that person see if you can help them out because they may be on a track that could be very dangerous and today as you've said it's easier to get this than ever before right it is, and and I would just uh, add, uh, you know, I would encourage people always to go to DEA.gov. We have some education links there that can show people, you know, what these drugs are, what they look like, and and uh, give them uh, opportunities to help them, some suggestions on how to talk to your children and family members as well. Great. Well, we appreciate your time. We thank you for your service, and thanks for joining us here on Around Farm Progress. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're moved by Special Agent in Charge Justin King's talk about fentanyl and those counterfeit pills. And yes, it is a problem in the country and one to be aware of. Offline, King shared that moving heavy drugs into pill form somehow makes them easier for people to use versus shooting up, inhaling, or smoking the drug. And suppliers are flooding the market to meet and build demand. It's something to watch out for. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands as well as farm futures, beef, national hog farmer, and feedstuffs. And of course, our events, including the Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, and the New York Farm Show. And there's another opportunity for staying connected to Farm Progress using your smartphone. If you text FARM to 20505, that's FARM to 20505, You can sign up for the Farm Progress mobile text service. When you send that first message, you will get a confirmation. Be sure to respond to that too to get on the list. Once subscribed, you'll get a daily alert containing a top-level news item from our editorial team. And you can even eventually join the Farm Progress panel to share your insights with our regular polls. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.